It's time now for Spears on Sports with John Spears, presented by M&M Carnage. And now, here's Johnny. Ah, made it to the weekend. It's Football Friday. I know we had college football last weekend, but we got the pros jumping in this week. It's Football Friday. Ah, I love this time of year. Friday, September 9th. Welcome to the show, Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage. You can hit me up on the Eminem Cartage hotline, 502-384-1450. 384-1450 to join in on the conversation. Thorne's text line open as well, 502-414-1450. Still going on, Summer Cash Bash at Thorne's. Each week, one lucky refreshing rewards member wins $10,000. That happens all summer long with the grand prize of a 2022 Chevy Tahoe. Simply open your Refreshing Rewards app, click on the Summer Cash Bash icon. That's it. You're entered. You can earn additional entries by purchasing select top brands like Mountain Dew 20-ounce bottles, hot dogs, large Doritos, Bud Light 12-packs, many more using your Refreshing Rewards card. That's Thornton's Summer Cash Bash. Not a Refreshing Rewards member? Become one today. Text REWARDS to 80313. That's REWARDS to 80313. Hit me up on the Thornton's text line, 502 414 1450. The queen is dead. I don't know how else to say it. 96. I mean, she had a good run. No two ways about that. But uh, here's what I don't understand. Justin Kalen is on the other side of the glass. Why are Irish people so happy about this? Are they? Oh, my gosh. I didn't know that. I saw a soccer game in Ireland yesterday where the fans were chanting, Lizzie's in the box. Wow. Lizzie's in the box. That's brutal. Apparently, is some hatred toward the monarchy from Ireland. I'm 58 years old. I never knew this. I never knew it. But uh, anyway, Premier League games are canceled, so all you gamblers this morning were very upset because the Premier League games were canceled today. But Queen Elizabeth II passes away yesterday at 96. It's now King Charles and Queen Consort. Uh, what's her name? No idea. The uh, the one that uh, he dumped Diana for. What was her name? Mm-hmm. Somebody help me out on the text line, 414-1450. That's, that's my Camilla. least knowledgeable subject. Camilla. There you go. Queen. She's not the queen. She's the queen consort. But you still refer to her as Her Majesty. And the way it was explained to me yesterday by my daughter, this is something else I never knew. Very rarely do you have a king and a queen at the same time, Queen Elizabeth was married to Prince Andrew. Is that correct? No, so, but he wasn't the king. He was still Prince Andrew. King Charles is married to Camilla, but she's not the queen. She's the queen consort, whatever in the heck that means. That's why we don't have this stuff in America. That's why in 1776 we said, we're out of here. <laughs> this is crazy. And I guess Ireland feels the same way. All right, I'm going to get to some sports. It's Football Friday. Unsponsored six-pack coming up. I gave you another loser last night. Gave you another loser. The Rams against the Bills. Defending champs. Everybody's back. Well, I shouldn't have said that because Von Miller was back, but he was playing for the Bills. Uh, Robert Woods is no longer a wide receiver. He's with the Titans. They picked up Allen Robinson from the Bears. He didn't get one target from Matthew Stafford last night. It looked like the Rams really enjoyed 
winning the Super Bowl and sitting on it for the entire offseason. I know it's an overreaction. And Monday, it's going to be even worse. Overreaction Monday is on its way. First game of the NFL season. People lose their minds if their team loses. But the Rams certainly did not look like the Super Bowl champions. And the Bills looked like a team that was very angry that they had the lead with 13 seconds left against the Chiefs last year and let the Chiefs tie the game up and win it in overtime. I saw last night why the Bills are 6-1 to one and the favorites to win the Super Bowl. 31-10 to 10 was the final score. It could have been worse. Buffalo had four turnovers in that game. The fact that it was 10-10 to 10 at halftime was incredible because there was no question who the better team was last night, who the more fiery team was last night, who came to play and who didn't come to play. And I know it's an overreaction, but right now, Buffalo Bills, best team ever. Ever. That's what I saw last night. Josh Allen threw five incompletions. Two of them, I think, three of them went to, uh, went to L.A. Rams. One, of course, was in his receiver's hands and stripped away. I tell you who's going to get tiring. The, bu- the, the people they call the Bills, me- Bills Mafia. They're going to get tiring. And look, it's a cute story. They they tailgate. They show up at road games. They jump off the top of SUVs and off the top of uh, uh, Winnebago's and land and break tables. Okay, that's all fun and good, and everybody's having in, in their cups, deep in their cups, and having a good time. But they're going to get irritating if this team keeps winning. They're going to become Yankee fan who you hate. Or right now, Atlanta Brave fan who you can't stand because the Braves are the greatest thing since sliced bread. Or Duke basketball fan. Or in some circles, Kentucky basketball fan. You're gonna love that you're gonna love to hate the Bills Mafia if the Bills keep winning. They are going to be more obnoxious than they are entertaining. They're always entertaining. Everybody's entertaining when you're losing. You know, when you when you tailgate and it's 10 degrees below zero in Buffalo and you don't have a shirt on and you jump off the top of Winnebago and crash through a table, yeah, that's funny. That's hilarious. But you're losing, so everybody thinks it's funny. When the Bills are 10-0, and 0, that same guy that's jumping off that said, what a jerk. What a jerk. These Bills fans are obnoxious. Bills Mafia is a great name. Great name. But it's only a great name if you're losing. It's only a great name if it's just entertainment for the sake of entertainment. Winning teams don't have mafias. Winning teams have obnoxious fans. That's just the way it is. The Bills were 9 out of 10 on third down conversions. Three of those nine were touchdowns. Josh Allen, MVP, he certainly didn't hurt his case last night. And uh, the million-dollar, the billion-dollar cornerback, Jalen Ramsey of the Rams, he got smoked last night. Seven targets toward Ramsey, six completions, and two touchdowns. Ah, the old bonus baby, not good. Jalen Ramsey of old. He was not the Jalen Ramsey of old. He was the Jalen Ramsey who won the Super Bowl and partied all offseason. That's who he was. Because Stephon Diggs, Gabriel Davis, it didn't matter who he was trying to cover. 
Even Tyler Higby of Western Kentucky. Jalen Ramsey wasn't guarding anybody. He, he wasn't he wasn't guarding Dugan Ryan last night. He let Stephon Diggs catch a touchdown as he was falling down. Yeah. That's embarrassing. Well, he thought, uh, and I did too, that Josh Allen was going to run. When does Josh Allen stop running? Never. Because when it's 31 to 10 in the fourth quarter, and he goes scooting around left end on a on a pass play and decides to keep it and take on a linebacker. That's when, as a coach, you go, hey, don't do that. It's 31 to 10. But he, he's not built like the rest of the quarterbacks I that run, though. I don't care. He's Everybody huge. gets hurt in a collision. He is huge. You know who's bigger? Von Miller. How, how many times last night, John, did you see? You know who's bigger? Aaron Donald's that's, bigger. That's true. But how many times did you see Josh Allen last night get taken down or tackled hard, and you're like, hmm, that's kind of gnarly? And then he would get up and they camera would pan to oh, him he, and he was smiling. No, no, he wouldn't just get up. He would love it. He would. He had two teammates help him up that he didn't need help and ha- hit him on the helmet even though they didn't block anybody and laugh <laughs> and smile and go, okay, you know what, I want to do that again. Yeah, Joe Theismann wanted to do it again. He broke his leg. Remember how Tom Brady got his start? Drew Bledsoe wanted that extra yard. Jimmy Garoppolo wanted that extra yard. And all of a sudden, they're hurt. They're never the same. Josh Allen has – look, he's got to run the football for this team. He does. It's part of his game. It's part of what makes them what they potentially, in the long run, could be. Because he runs over people. He is hard to bring down. And when he's rolling out, the other threat is he'll thread the needle. He'll hit somebody right in the chest. So it's a great option to have, kind of like Baltimore in Lamar's MVP season. Unbelievable option to have. But I've said this about Lamar for four years now. At some point, somebody's going to hit him the wrong way, and he's going to slowly get up and say, "Uh uh-oh, that hurt. And that's Josh Allen. I know he's bigger. I know he's stronger. They're going to keep hitting him. When he runs past that line of scrimmage, he's going to keep taking shots, and those shots add up. Until, and when, and until, when you're up 31-10, Justin, you got to stop doing it. Until it happens, Josh Allen's invincible to me. Well, he's, he doesn't have a cape on. No, well, he might as well. The Rams' offensive line was awful. They couldn't run the football. They couldn't protect Matthew Stafford. The Bills had seven sacks last night. Andrew Whitworth was there, but he's retired. The former Bengal, the future Hall of Famer, he was there along with Odell Beckham in street clothes to hold up the uh, the Lombardi trophy. I think if the Rams could have, they would have uh, signed Andrew Whitworth to a one-day one contract at halftime and put him out there in the second half because Stafford got, got clocked a few times. But it was just dominant. It was dominant. And I know it's overreaction after the first week. We I'll do it Monday as well. I'm trying to underreact. I'm trying to say to myself, the Rams aren't that bad. They've got to get Allen Robinson involved. Their running game was terrible. The O-line's got to be better. But I'm trying to say they're still the defending champs. It's one game. But, boy, that was impressive by the Bills and very unimpressive by the Los Angeles Rams last night. Four turnovers. Bills had four turnovers and one by three touchdowns. That's you don't do that. They don't turn the ball over last night. 31-10 would have been 52 to 10. So, all right. 
I've got the six-pack coming up, three college games, three pro games. Get your notebook out. Bet against me if you're smart. If you're smart, you'd have had the bills last night because I told you to take the Rams and the points. I got a different, I got a different uh, way to go this week on the six-pack. Six-pack's three and nine in two weeks. Three and nine. That's not good. So I'm changing it up a little bit. I'm not betting against myself. I'm just using a different theory to pick some of these games. We'll get to that in the final segment. College football, it's here, ready to go. Kentucky and Florida. Really, if you look at the slate of games, it might be the best game on the docket this weekend. Cats in Gainesville tomorrow night, 7 o'clock, ESPN. Florida's a six-and-a-half-point favors. Gators coming off that big win against Utah, and in, in, uh, I guess it was an upset. Florida in the swamp, to me, never feels like an upset when they win, but I guess since they weren't ranked and Utah was, and Utah was a touchdown favorite, I guess it's an upset. This comes down to Will Levis and Anthony Richardson. Which quarterback gets the job done? Cats did get some good news yesterday. Jordan Wright, the linebacker, edge rusher, will be back. He will play tomorrow. He's been practicing. But Chris Rodriguez, still no word. Not going to play as far as we can tell. We're uh, you know 28 hours, 27 and a half hours away from kickoff. Certainly doesn't look like Chris Rodriguez is going to be, uh, be there. I can't count. We're 20... Let's see, 7 o'clock, 5, carry the 1, 28 and a half hours away from kickoff. Uh, the Cats are, are depleted a little bit at running back. Had two injuries last week, plus the Rodriguez suspension, or whatever Mark Stoops wants to call it. Uh, that means it's the Will Levis show, and I said this yesterday. He's going to throw it 50 to 55 times tomorrow night, and he's going to have to. Florida, we saw him against Utah. You're not going to be able to run the ball. This is not Miami of Ohio. It's not Northern Illinois. It's not Youngstown State. It's not Vanderbilt. Tucky is going to have trouble running the football in the swamp tomorrow night. And it's up to Will Levis. And it's up to Tavion Robinson and the rest, Dane Key and the rest of that receiving core. Young receivers, but good receivers. Special teams. You're going to have to steal a touchdown somewhere along the way if you're Kentucky to win this game. Whether it's a Barry and Brown kickoff return, whether it's a block punt, whether it's a block field goal like they did in the swamp uh, the last time they were there, whatever it takes, you're going to have to have a special teams play, in my opinion, to stay in this football game. And you can't turn the ball over. That's football 101. Can't turn it over. Will Levis, if you don't have it, throw it away. You can't throw it to the orange jerseys or the white jerseys or whatever they're wearing tomorrow night. Louisville and Central Florida tonight. That's not going to be part of the six-pack, but I will make a pick on that game. Uh, I think you know where I stand here. You're going to have to prove it to me, Cards, because I believed in you last week, and that was a turd. You laid a big deuce on the field in Syracuse. It was ugly. It's putting it lightly. I, you know, I thought that was pretty strong. I thought that was a strong commentary. No, that's light. <laughs> Compared to what it actually was, that's light. Uh, well, I could go further, but I, th- I would think it would be an FCC violation, so I'm not going to do that. We're not trying to have that today. Um, you know, 
you got out gained, you got out played, you got out efforted, you got out uh, out uh, out everything, everything. You out coached, out played. When you get out coached and out efforted, you're going to get out play. And I don't care who you're playing. And we'll see if Syracuse is good. I said this yesterday. Tony Burke was here Wednesday. We talked about it. We're, we don't know yet. We don't know a lot of things. How good is Syracuse? Maybe they're good. Maybe we don't understand that they're good. How good is Florida? Maybe Utah wasn't as good as everybody thought. Had a great bowl game last year against the Buckeyes. Same, had some guys, same guys coming back, most of the same roster on Utah. But maybe they're not as good as we thought they were. Ohio State scores 21. Maybe that offense not as good as we thought. We'll know more from a lot of these teams after this week. So six-pack coming up later in the hour. Previewing Louisville and Central Florida tonight, Kentucky and Florida tomorrow night. Major League Baseball is voting on some rules changes today that would go into effect next year. These are very interesting. And as of this morning, the Baltimore Ravens sent out a uh, sent out a press release saying, even though both sides tried very hard, no contract extension for Lamar Jackson. He is going to be playing on the fourth year of his rookie contract this year. And I'll tell you what it means if he does or does not get injured during this upcoming football season. All that and more, you're listening to Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big X. Welcome back. Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage. John Spears in studio. M&M Cards Hotline is open, 502-384-1450 to join in on the conversation, 384-1450. Thorne's text line open as well. Get your text into the show at 502-414-1450. No Sanex football tonight. Uh, the Tigers have a bye week. Boo! Uh, so bats will be uh, bats in Columbus. The bats are in uh, the midst or toward the end here of their second-to-last homestand of the year. They've got one more six-game homestand after this Sunday. But the bats will be on the big X tonight. They be they lost to Columbus seven to six last night. Seven oh five first pitch tonight. Six thirty five pregame. Nick Curran, Jim Kelch on the call from Slugger Field, Clarksville at Providence. If you're looking for some Indiana high school football, AM nine hundred. Uh, Justin Kalen, Scooter, you'll be on the call That's for right. uh, Clarksville at Providence. The war over here in Southern Indiana should be a good one. Uh, by the way. The first college football game that Prince Charles ever attended. Do you know that one? <sighs> Yale. Did you just wake up over I, there? I have Yale, Harvard. I have no, 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 no idea. Nineteen seventy-six, Kentucky at Georgia in oh, Athens, that? Georgia. Prince Charles' first professional or college football game that he ever attended. Kentucky beat Georgia that day. 33 to nothing. Haven't beat them since. Times have certainly changed here on <laughs> Walton's Mountain. Uh, so anyway, Justin Galen on the call tonight. 7 o'clock kickoff, Clarksville at Providence, AM 900. 
All right, before I get back to football, I know it's Football Friday, and I want I do want to go over all of these spreads. Uh, Major League Baseball today is voting on rule changes. Now, you might not be paying attention because it's Friday, it's football season, got high school football tonight, college tomorrow, NFL starts completely on Sunday. So you're not really paying attention. But here are the rules that the Major League Baseball competition committee is considering. A pitch clock. Now, we've had a pitch clock in the minor leagues for five or six years now. And it works really well. And it's great. If you go to a bats game, and I've been to plenty, the games are over in two and a half hours, two hours, 15 minutes sometime. Mm-hmm. And it can still be eight to six, but there's a pitch clock. 20 seconds if somebody's on base, 15 seconds if the bases are empty. I love it. The batter has to be in the box with eight seconds left on the pitch clock. If he's not, it's a strike. Love that. If the pitcher doesn't throw it in the 20 seconds allotted, it's a ball. This is to speed up the game. Major League Baseball wants an audience, and it's hard to find an audience when games are three to four hours long. Everybody walks. Everybody strikes out. Everybody hits home runs. Nobody hit and run. Nobody steals bases. Nobody goes first to third anymore. The game has become boring. And Major League Baseball has decided we got to do something about this. I think that's going to pass. I think it's going to pass. Pitch clock. And the players are going to have to get used to it. Minor league players are already used to it. You go to a bats game, you don't even notice it. It, right? It's already a thing, and they're used to it. I've seen a major league player uh, played for the Cardinals. Trying to think of who it was. He, he plays for the Cardinals right now. He got sent down earlier in the year, and he got strike three called on him because he didn't get in the box. You learn quickly. When the umpire blows you out without a pitch being thrown, you learn quickly. I got to get in the box. I got to stay in the box. Pitchers, by the way, can only disengage from the rubber twice during an at-bat. They can't step off. They can step off and throw to the first twice in an at-bat. But you get two times where you can step off the rubber during an at-bat and you know restart the pitch clock. So I like this. I like it. It's going to make the games quicker, more enjoyable, easier to watch. No more shift is another rule change. Two infielders have to be on the left side of second base, two infielders on the right side of second base, and they have to be in the dirt when the pitch is thrown. They can take off running as soon as the pitch is thrown and go back into the outfield grass, but before the pitch is thrown, two infielders on each side of second base, on the infield dirt or the infield grass if they're playing in for a play at the plate. They can't be in the outfield. In other words, you're not going to have the shortstop or the third baseman going out into right center field against a left-handed hitter. I don't know if that one passes. I'm skeptical that that one will pass. I hope it does. I hope it does because I remember gloriously a a day when there were no shifts. And when a guy hit a ball up the middle, there wasn't a shortstop standing directly behind second base to pick it and throw him out at first base. Here's the only problem I have with that, John. Yep. You are a professional baseball player. How hard is it 
to learn to hit the ball in a different part of the field. I personally hate this shift rule. If if guys are playing Major League Baseball and yep. they cannot hit it to where the defenders aren't, that's on you. And that's the Practice. argument. That's the argument. You're ab- you're 100% right, and I never say that about you. That's true. You're 100% right. Don Mattingly, manager of the Marlins, former Dodger manager, uh, all-star with the Yankees, is adamant that all these guys have to do, they're professional hitters, is hit it the other way. And Freddie Freeman does it. And if you do it enough, guess what? They don't shift on you anymore. If you show that I'm going to take this single to lead off the inning, I'm going to hit it right over there, and your pitcher's going to be mad because I hit it right where the third baseman should be, then they'll change and they won't shift. Yeah, you're right. But it's going to take a rule to change it. I'm not sure this one passes. Hope not. Because I think – I don't, I'm not sure it's fair to tell a team where it can put its defense. I, I don't see why that's fair. I mean, if you, if uh, Kyle Schwarber comes to bat, left-handed hitter, and he's going to pull everything because he's trying to jerk it out of the yard, then it behooves me as a defense to put a guy out in right center field and take a guy off the left side of my infield. Well, and I'm not opposed to facing a guy like Aaron Judge. Now, this is this is going to sound really ignorant, and I don't actually mean it, but if you want to have your pitcher and catcher and then put all seven other defenders on the wall so they could try to rob the homer, I'm good with that. Yeah. Like, they should be able to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't disagree with you. Now, I still long for the day where the shortstop played at the shortstop position and the third baseman played by the bag and, the, you know, I – I long for those days when I watch the big red machine and, uh, and and these teams, these great teams of the past, and they just played it straight up. I do. I do want to see that, but I it's hard for me to argue that you shouldn't be able to put your defense wherever you want to put them. Uh, the, other, the other one's bigger bases. Instead of 15 square inches, which is what they are now, 18 square inches. Now, what is that going to do? Uh, it might bring the stolen base in because all of a sudden those bases are six inches closer to each other. First is six inches closer to second or three inches closer to second, uh, depending on where they exactly position the bases. I don't think this is a big deal. No. They talk, they're doing this to try to have players that are running to first base, hey, stay on the right side of the bag. The first baseman is entitled to the left side of the bag. They don't want collisions. They don't want guys running over each other. And I get that. It's a safety issue. I don't know why they don't just put another base at first base. Put one on the inside of the of the playing field, <laughs> Little one style. on the outside. Yeah. And tell the runner, you run to the outside base, and the first baseman, you got the inside base. Uh, just do that. Get it over with. Yeah. So that's what Major League Baseball is doing a game uh, today. Texter says, when I was growing up, MLB games were routinely finished in two hours or less. Why do hitters have to step out of the box after each pitch, even when they don't swing? Stay in the box and get on the mound. Well, they've got to adjust their uh, batting gloves. Why? And they've got to adjust that armor that's on both their leg and their elbow. I mean, I, I played baseball for fi- <laughs> I played baseball for fifteen years. I did not need to back out of the batter's box and retighten my gloves every time. But you're not Nomar Garcia Pyre. That's true. I, mean, I was I was pretty damn close. You gotta you gotta adjust everything. Uh, it's gotten awful. I agree. It's gotten awful. Same texture says, Cleveland shifted against Ted Williams in the 40s. He didn't change his swing, and he was pretty successful hitting the baseball. Yep, you're right. There are guys it doesn't matter. There are guys that are going to hit, and it doesn't matter where you put people. 
the shift thing just drives me nuts. I mean, that's like telling a football team they can't play the nine or five two because it's too powerful against the run. Yeah. Like nobody's gonna be able to get any yards running the ball. I okay. Sorry. Yeah. No. I look, I, I find it very difficult to uh, argue with you. Uh, you saying I'm right again? No, I don't want to do that. <laughs> I'm not going to go that far. Uh, all right, Lamar Jackson, no contract extension. Now, he's going to be in the fourth year here, won an MVP. He's going to make about 23, between 23 and $24 million this year. This is year four of his rookie contract. He has tried to get a contract extension. The Ravens and Lamar can't come to terms. This is why you have an agent. So that you can play and you can practice and you can worry about training camp and worry about the next opponent and you don't have to worry about your contract. You tell your agent what you want. He comes to you and says, here's what they're offering. And you go from there. But Lamar's got his mom. He doesn't have his agent. His mom is his agent. And here, I don't know what he wanted. All right, I don't know what he was asking for. Was he asking for Deshaun Watson guaranteed money for the entire contract? Uh, I, I would have to think that's what he's asking for because if he's asking for Kyler Murray money, he probably would have gotten it. I think he wants everything guaranteed. But this is dangerous. And keep in mind, let's just say, argument's sake, the Ravens have a great year, Lamar has a great year. They win 13 games, they win the AFC North, they beat the Steelers twice, which I would love. No offense, Scooter. And, uh, and Lamar has a great year. Now you're back at the negotiating table. He's not a free agent. That's the misconception. Well, he's got to get through this contract. No, no. The Ravens can franchise tag him. Now, if they franchise tag him next year, it's $45 million. So that's a significant bump in salary. It's doubling his salary from this year. They can actually do what the uh, the Vikings did with Kirk Cousins, or not the Vikings, the uh, Washington at the time, Redskins did with Kirk Cousins. They can franchise tag him twice. The second year of the franchise tag, he would make $54 million. So that's $100 million in two years. Look, I'm not crying because Lamar's not getting enough money. But he should be getting a five-year contract extension right now on the level of Kyler Murray slash Russell Wilson and all of these guys who are getting five years, $250 million. $50 million a year. That's the going rate right now. And the next guy makes $50 million, a year. And the next guy makes $50 million, $51 million a year. And the next guy makes $51.5 million. And it just goes up and up and up like that. Because you got to make more than the last guy made. Or it's not right. The, the Browns threw a wrench in all of this when they gave Deshaun Watson guaranteed money for everything. Guaranteed. No uh, performance incentives. No opt-outs. Here's, here's this amount of money. It's crazy money, and it's guaranteed. And there were 29 other owners who went, what? What are you doing? What are... 31 other owners, excuse me, going, what are you doing? We don't do that. But Jimmy Haslam and the Browns ownership did it. And then Kyler Murray probably wanted the same deal. Arizona said, no, no, the Browns and Deshaun Watson, that was crazy. We're not doing that. So he did settle for 
mostly guaranteed money, but not all guaranteed. And I think Lamar said, hey, I want the Deshaun Watson deal. And the Ravens, to their credit, said, come up with something else. We're not giving you all guaranteed money for the next five years. And Lamar, we talked about this earlier, Scooter. Every time he runs past the line of scrimmage, I worry somebody's going to hit that knee, somebody's going to hit that leg, somebody's going to separate that shoulder. He's not nearly as big as Josh Allen is. Well, and that's why I wonder is if he hasn't got a contract extension yet. Do you think it has anything to do with the way he's mobile? I think there is a fear that the MVP season is not going to come around again hmm. on the part of the Ravens. Um, Hollywood Brown is gone. Now, I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, but Lamar Jackson, and I, I said this when he was drafted by the Ravens. I said the Ravens got a deal here. He was the last pick in the first round. And there were a lot of quarterbacks, including a guy named Josh Rosen that went before him, Sam Darnold that went before him. Woof. And I said, look, this the, the knock on Lamar Jackson is that, yeah, he's a great college quarterback who can run out of the pocket, but he doesn't have an NFL arm. Well, he proved that he had an NFL arm. But I, the stigma is still out there, I believe, where the Ravens are saying, yeah, five more years? I don't know. I don't know. He's not big. Uh, one hit in the wrong place, and he's not a running quarterback anymore. He's going to have to learn to throw from the pocket, and he's going to have to be better throwing from the pocket. Hollywood Brown left, and part of the reason he left was because he didn't like the way Lamar threw the deep ball. But you got to get an agent, and he refuses to get an agent. I'll, I'll, I'll go to my grave never understanding that. Somebody, he's going to have to explain it to me. And I can't get him on the phone. He won't explain it to me. I mean, does he need an agent, John? I mean, he's yes. making he's making millions and millions of dollars. And he's dollars. not having to share it. And that's all yeah, it's all going right? to his mom. It's yeah. all going to him and his mom. That's so. phenomenal. If you if you can have a twelve to fifteen year NFL career where you don't have an agent and your mom's your agent and it's yeah. just you and her sharing the money, yeah. deal. Sign me up. Yeah. Because you're getting that ten percent or whatever percentage your agent would get, that's that's still going in my my bank account. But on the flip side, like you said, I mean, it's he's not in line. If he does become a free agent at some point, who knows where that might lead him? He, with his mom as his he, agent, he'll, you know? he and his mother will be comfortable financially for the rest of their lives. Absolutely. right now, if yeah. he doesn't play another down, for sure. That's not the issue. But the issue is, if he does get hurt this year, that's a hundred million plus that he's going to leave on the table by not signing a contract for the next five years. And why wouldn't you give up $10 million to get $250 million? That's the thing. That's what an agent would be telling him, hey, Lamar, I know you want to bet on yourself, and I know you want to bet on the fact that you're going to stay healthy and have a great year, but why don't we get $150 guaranteed, and then the other $100 million will be as long as you're playing for the Baltimore Ravens. It's a dangerous move. It's a dangerous game he's playing here. And I hope he has a great – I hope he wins another MVP. And then they have to pay him. Somebody has to pay him. But if he doesn't, he's going to look back and say, "Eh, maybe I should have had an agent like everybody else. All right, we'll take a break. Unsponsored six-pack coming up. We'll look at a bunch of the spreads, uh, NFL and college. All that and more. You're listening to Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big X. Everywhere y'all, everywhere y'all I heard it, I heard it, I heard it on the air 
Welcome back. Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage, John Spears in studio. Final segment of the week. You know what that means. The unsponsored six-pack. You can sponsor the six-pack. Just hit me up on the text line, and we will get a conversation going. 502-414-1450. That's the Thornton's text line. You got uh, about 10 minutes left in the show that you can hit me up and say, hey, I'd love to sponsor the six-pack. If you're a bar or a liquor store, perfect, right? How about the Justin Kalen six-pack? Come on. All right. It's only going to cost you a few hundred bucks a month. If I had a bar, I, I'm in. Uh, TJ Walker with the text, what Spears going to do on his off nights? He wanted to get away from the wife <laughs> and, the, and the, new, uh, the, the young one, the one-year-old, the little, ba- the little child. A little Walker-Spears date night? I'll tell you what Walker, I don't know what Walker's going to do. I'll tell you what Spears is going to do. He's going to make a big old, big old bowl of queso that his wife left him the ingredients for him, but the wife's out of town. So I, I'm going to make a big old bowl of queso and watch uh, Louisville probably lose again. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to sit in front of the TV. Watch a little baseball. Watch the cards. That's that's my night. That's what I, I'm. You know, I got nothing to do. I'm you'd, an old man. You'd rather be doing Saint Max. I might watch the Elvis movie at some point on HBO Max because my wife wants to watch it. This is one of those movies where I've been waiting for her to watch it with me, and she hasn't had time. So I watch it. Don't tell her I watch it, and then when she has time, I watch it with her and act like I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> so. Veteran mode. Hopefully she's not listening down in Atlanta right now. <laughs> All right. Um, don't forget, uh, Bats baseball tonight against Columbus. 7.05 first pitch, 6.35 pregame right here on the Big X. In Clarksville and Providence, high school football, Justin Kalen will be on the call 7 o'clock a.m. 900 tonight for the Generals and the – help me out there. Uh, Pioneers. Pioneers. Yeah. yeah, the Generals and the Pioneers. All right, let's get to the uh, – go ahead and get to the six-pack. Unsponsored as of today, uh, three and nine so far this year. Not good. And public service announcement, I say it every week, if you're smart, you'll bet against me. But I got a new theory I'm going to go with this week. Let's start with Florida and Kentucky in the swamp. I think the Gators are the better team. Now, I didn't get to see a lot of the U.K. game. You see highlights, and when you see highlights, you don't see the whole game. But the offensive line was just okay. Will Levis is great. He's missing running backs. He's going to have to throw it a lot this weekend. Uh, Kentucky's defense gets Jordan Wright back, so maybe that'll help. But I think Anthony Richard and the Gators are are better than anybody thought. They're obviously better than the preseason prognosticators thought because they went from unranked to number 12 in one week in the AP poll with that win over Utah. Six and a half is an interesting number, but I have to take Florida and give it. Now, I was wrong against Kentucky last week. Took Miami of Ohio in the points. Uh, it was 13-10 at halftime, so I felt pretty good. But Kentucky got the kickoff return for a touchdown. If they want to have a chance to win this game, they A, they can't turn it over. B, Will Levis has to be great Will Levis. And C, I think they still need to make a special teams play somewhere along the line. Um uh, to either score a touchdown, get a safety, something crazy that happens in special teams to help them. So I'm going to take the Gators here. I hope I'm wrong, but I'm going to take uh, Billy Napier in his first season in the swamp. Kentucky won there a couple of years ago, and look, Florida's a different team there. I asked this this morning. Does Florida enter the top 25 with a close loss at Utah? Uh, Wow, that's a good question. Probably not, because not a whole lot of top 25 teams lost. Mm-hmm. So probably not. 
but an impressive win there. Um, that was that was pretty good. Now Oregon was eleven, and they dropped all the way out of the top twenty-five after Georgia waxed them. All right, Tennessee at Pittsburgh. I've talked about this game earlier this week. Uh, it is in Pittsburgh. The Panthers are ranked seventeenth. The Vols are ranked twenty-fourth. Yet Tennessee, for some reason, is a six-point favorite on the road at Pitt's home field. I don't understand it. And what Big Al the Fish told me a long time ago is, if it looks too good to be true, it probably is. I'm going to go with that philosophy, which I haven't gone with yet this year, and I'm going to take Tennessee and give Pitt the six. It sounds crazy, but there's a reason they keep building those hotels in Las Vegas. The reason is three letters, John. Go ahead. SEC. SEC. Those guys in Vegas know what they're doing. Remember last night, just yesterday, I didn't understand why Buffalo was a two-and-a-half-point favorite on the road against the defending world champions. I watched the game, and it quickly became evident to me that Vegas knows what they're doing. With that in mind, I'm taking Tennessee, and I'm giving Pitt the six points. That is a – I think that's a 4 o'clock game. Let me look here. Um, 3.30, ABC tomorrow. All right, last game I'm going to take is late night ESPN, 10-15, ninth-ranked Baylor at 21st-ranked BYU. Same philosophy here. Baylor's ranked ninth. They waxed a bad opponent last week. BYU is ranked 21st. BYU is at home. They're a three-point favorite over the ninth-ranked team in the country. I'm taking BYU. That simple. I think Baylor's really good. Top 10 team. But there's a reason, and Vegas knows what it is, and I don't. There's a reason why the Cougars are favored over the ninth-ranked team in the country. If you want a little side bet action on that one, just let me know. I, I sure will. Well, that's sure. I mean, Ed, Ed's already going to owe me a steak dinner at Jeff Ruby's. <laughs> He picked Louisville to win nine games, so that's going to be easy. So I might double up on that. <laughs> so Florida minus six and a half at home against Kentucky. Tennessee minus six on the road at Pitt. And then BYU at home minus three against Baylor. Big favorite guy this week. Uh, uh, yes, and that doesn't change when I get to these NFL games. Colts at Houston. Indianapolis is a uh, seven-point favorite on the road at what? Houston. Yep. The uh, – Matt Ryan era begins. They've got great skill position players. Number one guy in almost everybody's fantasy draft was Jonathan Taylor. Uh, I think he's poised to have another big year. The offensive line is set. The defense is pretty good, although not great. And Houston is still Houston. Davis Mills is a starting quarterback. Uh, I got to take the Colts here and give the seven. You got a problem with that one? No. No, I actually love that. Colts will win by three touchdowns. All right. All right. I like it. I don't know if I like you being in agreement with me or not. That's true. I, 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 don't, I don't know if I like me being in agreement with you. <laughs> 425, that's a 1 o'clock game, by the way. 425, the lo- maybe best game of the weekend. Because there are a lot of these games where you got a great quarterback against a not very great quarterback. I just mentioned one, Matt Ryan against Davis Mills. This one's got two really good quarterbacks. Las Vegas at the Chargers. You know how I feel about the Chargers. I got them winning the Super Bowl. Uh, Derek Carr against Justin Herbert, who's my pick to win MVP. Chargers three and a half at home. Keep in mind, remember this game last year at the end of the season? 
If they tie, they both go to the playoffs, and Vegas decided to kick the field goal and win it and knock the Chargers out of the playoffs. This is a revenge game right out of the gate. I'm going to take the Chargers and give the three-and-a-half to uh, Derek Carr and the Raiders. And I like this Raiders team. They added Devontae Adams. I love Darren Waller at tight end. But I think the Chargers are for real. Where's that one at? In L.A. Hmm. SoFi Stadium. SoFi Stadium doesn't matter. No side bet on that Because one. the Bills had the crowd last night. Um, there were a lot of Bengals fans at the Super Bowl in Las Vegas. It, it doesn't matter in L.A. L.A. doesn't care. They give up their seats. They couldn't care less about having a great crowd. It, it blows my mind. Um, Minnesota at home against Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers against Kirk Cousins. I'm, I'm on record. I've got the Vikings in the Super Bowl. I got Kirk Cousins having a great year. You can laugh all you want, and you probably are, and you probably should laugh because he's actually never, ever shown me that he can win. He's a great fantasy quarterback, but fantasy football does not win real NFL games. Aaron Rodgers, I don't know who he's going to throw the ball to. His number one receiver, Alan Lazard, is questionable this weekend. He does still have Randall Cobb on the roster, uh, but he's already complaining about this receiving core. I'm going to take the Vikings at home and the one and a half. This is the start of a special year in Minnesota. And what better way to get it off and under underway than to beat your arch rival, the Green Bay Packers? Give me the Vikings. I don't think I need the point and a half. I will take the point and a half, as always. But that's uh, there's, there's your only game I'm taking points in, Justin. I like it. Gosh, you're agreeing with me way too. Other than BYU-Baylor, I think you're, you're uh, on board here. See, I, I don't know. I, I've Kirk Cousins is one of those quarterbacks that I've tried to – believe in the last couple of years it's hard it is hard it is because well and you brought up earlier that he played in washington i almost completely forgot yeah. that he played in washington oh he, he, he but he was a numbers machine he was but they didn't win and he's been a numbers machine in in minnesota now the good thing if you're a viking fan you got justin jefferson you got adam thielen you got herb smith at tight end you got dalvin cook fully healthy this could be a tr- this could be a 40 point a game offense so you're getting a point and a half i'm getting a point and a half wow now, they've got to stop teams as well, and that's where the rub comes in. They should be okay defensively. What I like is Mike Zimmer, the defensive coach, is gone, and Kirk Cousins now has an offensive-minded coach and Kevin O'Connell in there, and I think they're going to put up a lot of points. So that's why I like the Vikings this year. Texter says, uh, did you take UCF minus six? I haven't yet, but I'm going to right now. In fact, I got it at five and a half, which makes me even oh. happier. I'm going to take Central Florida tonight, not part of the six-pack, but I'm I'm laying the points tonight with Central Florida. Louisville's just going to have to prove it to me. Um, I said this before the season started. I didn't understand all the hype. It's the same players. Why should I think it should be any different this year? But, uh, yeah, until they prove it to me, you're not going to see me picking Louisville anytime soon. So uh, six-pack is Florida, Tennessee, BYU, Colts, Chargers, and Vikings. There's your six-pack for the weekend. Please play responsibly. Hopefully I can turn the six-pack around and uh, help myself actually win a little money. Appreciate you listening. Thanks to Justin on the other side. I'll talk to you Monday. We'll overreact to all the football. You're listening to Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big X. Because if you don't